What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? Back again. We have another phenomenal episode for you. And I'm excited about this one, as you know that I'm always excited. But for this, I get to bring a brother on who can teach us about not having a scarcity mindset, um, but then at the same time, making sure that we can have tactical tips on how we can better our situation. Of course, we've been going through a quarantine, as everyone knows, depending on when you're listening to this. But for this right here, I'm excited because I'm expecting to learn some things about how I can better my situation. I think you'll do the same. So without further ado, help me to welcome my brother, Mr. Anthony O'Neill to the show. Anthony, you want to say what's up to Dream Nation? Man, Dream Nation, Casanova, man. Thank you all so much for having me on the show. Huge honor. Uh, Completely appreciate uh, the opportunity just to come on here and vibe out with you, man, and just talk about, you know, life in a real relatable and relevant uh, way. And so looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely, man. I am as well. I was just telling you before we hopped on, I've been a fan of your story for many a months now, but I always like to make sure we give the proper introduction. So a lot of people don't know you from the Dave Ramsey Network, or maybe they've seen you on CNN, or maybe they've even read your book. And so they've seen all of your accolades and your highlights. But if we could take it a step back before all of that, before you know um, the, the national publications, let's take it back to when you were just a young boy and tell me who is Anthony O'Neill. Man, uh, again, Anthony O'Neill, born and raised out of, uh, I would say, San Diego, California, and um, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. I was blessed and privileged to have four four parents. So I have two biological parents and two step-parents, and both of them live on the opposite side of the world, man, and grew up in a very strong Christian faith home uh, to where there was nothing allowed inside of the homes outside of the Christian faith. So no hip-hop music, no uh, rated R TV shows, man. No PG-13 uh, movies. It was a, hey, you're going to go to school. You're going to go to church. And uh, we're just going to have that kind of life. Prom started at 7. I had to be home by 8.15 p.m. I mean, th- it was a very strict, firm home. Uh, I think the uh, the most serious conversations um, uh, with, with myself when it comes to my family was, was around law but nothing around finances, everything around spiritual, but nothing around finances. So when I graduate and I go off to college, you know, uh, because I didn't have the financial education from my parents, from the schools, from my church community, I mean, I just really made a lot of horrible mistakes. You know, I went on there uh, wanting to pledge a particular fraternity, uh, wanted to holler at the ladies, wanted to be the one of the most popular dudes on the college campus. I went in with the wrong mindset. And quickly, within a matter of six months, I put myself in about $35,000 worth of debt, $15,000 in credit card, uh, $10,000 in furniture bill to have the dopest apartment, and then $10,000 in student loans when, you know, Casanova, I didn't even need it, man, because my father, I had my father's GI bill plus my my scholarship uh, for the National Forensics League because uh, I was a, a pretty dope debater. And man, uh, did some uh, stupid things in college and... Uh, because of those bad decisions that I made, unfortunately, um, I had to, you know, drop out of school. And when I dropped out of school, I lost the income to my apartment, uh, the payment for my apartment, and my parents were disappointed in me. And so uh, me and my stepfather, uh, my other father, we got into a huge argument, and one thing led to another. And before I know it, um, I am 
homeless, sleeping in the back of my car. And for a long period of uh, about six months of my life, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where am I going to sleep? And a lot of those nights were in my car. Some of those nights were at a friend's house on the floor. Um, I'm taking showers in the YMCA and Boys and Girls Club. You know, I'm asking people, can they help me out to get something to eat? Um, this is all at the age of 19. And, and I come from a very strong spiritual family, not wealthy, living paycheck to paycheck, uh, but they, 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 weren't, they weren't poor. And so, you know, that was at the season of my life to where I really realized that I need to shift some things inside of me. You know, I need to um, kind of, I, I was missing something in life. Uh, I had a strong faith background. I had a strong education background. Uh, but I didn't know how to really live life. I didn't know how to deal with my finances. And so it was during that season that I said, when I get out of this car, I'm going to switch everything around. I'm going to pay off all my debt. Uh, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to start building wealth. And when I start building wealth, I'm going to start teaching people um, who look like me, who, who want to be like me, um, and everyone who's willing to hear my message, teach them how to get out of debt, how to build wealth, how to start a business. And then how do we start teaching our younger people uh, the information that I wish that I had. So today, man, I'm 35 years old, about to be 36 here in a couple of months, uh, completely debt-free, excluding my mortgage. I do have uh, my home uh, that I'm still paying off, uh, but I own uh, everything that I wanted and I pay cash for it. And now I'm just traveling around the world uh, with the financial guru himself, Dave Ramsey, and just spreading this message um, about monies to millennials um, and all people. Man, I love it. Now, let's go back, though, because you said you, you accumulated all of this debt. A lot of the times, especially us in the African-American community, it's kind of a we only know what we were taught. So for you, for your parents, did they have a lot of debt? Like, so it was never really frowned upon as you were getting this money because you thought that like, hey, my parents have had debt. Like, where did that come from to where you even thought that I needed to get debt if your parents weren't, you know, I guess necessarily poor. So they could have helped you. And you said you had your dad's GI bill. Yeah. Well, you know, it, the, the financial conversation was never a part of my family. I can tell you the two most important conversations were three most important conversations we had. It was around the law, what to do with, with law enforcement. It was around sex, how to be abstained from sex. And then three, spiritual, what, what it is that God stands for and what do we do? Uh, we never sat down and said, hey, son, we're, we're budgeting or hey, son, this is what a credit card son is or hey, son, this is this. Uh, my dad always explained to me why I can't bring in hip hop music because of the spiritual reason, but he never explained to me the economical reasons of why I couldn't do certain things. And so when we look at the whole conversation of money, uh, my parents said no, but sometimes they wouldn't explain why. Uh, now, if they said yes, maybe they explain why. But when they told me, no, I can't buy this. No, I can't go to the mall. No, I can't go to the movies. No, I can't get those shoes. They never explained why. And a part of it was because it, they didn't have the money because they were paying bills because they were living paycheck to paycheck. And so I racked up the debt simply because I didn't have the education. And I believe that my parents didn't have the education because their parents never had that conversation with them as well. And so uh, I graduated knowing everything about God. I mean, I grew up and in, in honestly became a preacher, bro, because that was, that was the mindset that was put inside of me. Um, and so uh, I, I pretty much, my parents couldn't teach me something that they didn't know. Right. And so now I want to flip that script. So when I have kids, oh man, they're going to know everything. We're going to have a strong spiritual uh, foundation, but also we will have a strong financial foundation. 
Got it. No, I love that. Now, the second part of this is from my mindset is what do your parents think now? Like, were they, you know, open to hearing as you started to pay off all this debt? And as you started to tell your story, uh, basically saying, you know, hey, I was never taught this. So I'm going to teach it to other people. Were they resentful of it? Or were they like, no, you know, we want to figure out how to get out of debt as well. If you can teach us, you know, we're receptive to it. You know, my parents are, I mean, loving the journey that I'm on. Uh, they are my biggest cheerleaders and I'm so grateful for them. Um, while they didn't teach me much about finances at a young age, uh, they were the best parents and I'm so grateful that they were in my life. Um, as of today, you know, they're on their journey. Um, I think the uh, biggest, uh, I think what I really, really am happy about is my siblings. Um, all three, all two, both of my siblings are a huge in their perspective spaces. John Givens, who's my brother, is known as a hip-hop artist at John Gives, debt-free. Um, Yvette is married to a big-time YouTuber and have uh, four amazing kids, and they are debt-free. She paid off all of her student loans uh, because of what I'm doing now, uh, spreading that message. And now they're already teaching my nieces and my nephews um, on how uh, to deal with their money when it comes to give, spend, and save. And so my parents are on their journey. They love the message that I'm doing um, and they're going after attacking their debt. Uh, but I've seen my siblings really go after it um, and just really, really, really make some good decisions there. So I'm, I'm just loving where we are with my family. Love it, man. That's that's super dope. And I love that you've become that leader to be able to spark something that there never was. Now, I seen that, um, I think I was looking at your Twitter and I saw that you had put on there, you know, 60, 62% of millennials live paycheck to paycheck. And obviously you didn't put anything, um, well, anybody who goes back and sees it, they, you don't say anything about debt, but we know that a lot of millennials are living in debt right now. And so talk to me about right now, we're in a pandemic. A lot of people are getting some type of a stimulus, so they're getting some type of funding to be able to help them. What are the procedures that they need to start putting in place so once they're done with this pandemic, or at least in the next two years, they could have put a huge chunk um, dent in that debt, and then they could be on their path to living debt-free. So before I hit the practical, let, let's talk about the, the, I always say the baby step zero, which I, I believe is the mental aspect. Um, you know, when you said that stat, 62% of millennials are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, a huge part of that is because a lot of them just don't have vision. They don't know exactly where they're going, what they want to do, how they want to do it. And I think a lot of young people chase their their passion, but they don't chase their purpose. And so well, what I'm suggesting to young people, especially millennials, is just take a seat, you know, identify what does the next five years, 10 years, 15 years look like? Uh, what is inside of you that, that when you wake up, you get so excited to do? Like, what is your purpose in life? When you identify that, money come. Money will follow that, that part. Get a clear vision, attack your purpose, and you'll find money. You maybe start a business or maybe it's a CEO of a company or maybe it's just a, a dope leader of a company. I don't know, but identify the vision. Uh, and then after that, surround yourself with influential people. Stop getting around people um, who you can gossip with, who you can go to brunch with, um, and who you can just chill out with. Get around people who you can build with. Get around people who will challenge you and stretch you. Get around people who you can invest with not just the people who help spread your messages. So if you do those two things, number one, get a clear vision and then get around relationships, quality relationships, mentors, uh, if you're a lady, girlfriends, if you guys, some brothers, you know, that will help you push you towards your vision because all of you all are working towards the same vision. Those are two crucial steps before we get to the practical. Now on the practical side, bro, you got to take that off of the table. 
Okay. We're seeing that right now, the average college student that's graduating this year will graduate with about in between 35 to about $40,000 in student loan debt. And a fifth of these young people who are graduating, these millennials, will graduate with about $100,000 or more. So they're graduating with a mortgage payment, but do not, have, do not own any real estate. And so we got to just start attacking the debt. And just recently, I came out with a quick read called Destroy uh, Your Student Loan Debt. And I'm really walking them through the process on how to pay off these student loan debt. Because one of the main reasons why millennials are not getting married, why they're not going after their dream careers, why they're not buying their build homes or going on these dream vacations, is simply because they're in student loan debt. And so uh, if we can take debt off of the table, if you have debt right now, pay off all your debt using the debt snowball and then set aside three to six months of expenses, you're going to be living and starting your life off with a solid foundation. And right now, you, know, you can't talk about uh, you know, buying a block or, or starting a business if you don't even know how to pay your rent right now. You can't talk about you know, being this huge entrepreneur if you can't even take care of yourself. And so I'm teaching young people across the world, do the basics. And when you do the basics, your basics will lead you to extra stuff that will be a blessing to your life. I love it. And that's a different perspective, right? Let me ask you something. Do you feel that all debt is bad debt? Absolutely. I believe debt is debt. You know, I still have my mortgage payment. Uh, It is an asset because for the most part, homes should appreciate, uh, but debt is debt. Anytime you borrow money and you're paying back interest, which I believe is a penalty, debt is debt. There is no such thing as good debt or bad debt. Debt is simply debt. Got it. And and again, I, I love that that you say that. I, I'm on a little bit of the opposite end of the spectrum of that. Me being in real estate, I don't think that all debt is bad debt, but it's a great you know, point for someone to hear, because no matter what, you have to at least get a clear vision and purpose and you have to be able to make that decision for yourself. So I love that you said that for anybody that then wants to take the next step, you said the snowball effect of that. How long, because some people are thinking, okay, but I got $50,000 in student loan debt. How long will that take me to pay this off? And at the same time, where do I even begin? What exactly is the snowball effect of debt? Yeah, you know, when people come up to me and they say, you know, man, I, I, it's going to take me five years to pay off my student loans. Um, I, I hear a lazy person. I, I hear a lazy mindset. Um, just the other day, I posted on my IG, a couple paid off $90,000 in student loans, making right around $70,000 a year, a couple, and they paid it off in three years. They went out there and they hustled. They went out there and got extra jobs. Why? because they had a clear vision. You see, when you have a clear vision, it pushes you harder uh, to go after that thing. When I got out of debt, I was making $28,000 a year and I owed 35,000. So I didn't have a lot of money, but I went out there and started washing cars on the side. I went out there and started delivering newspaper on the side. And so uh, take, take the negative mindset. My philosophy is speak what you seek, not what you see. You mm-hmm. see that you have a lot of debt, but speak the fact that you're about to pay it all off. And when you really get determined, when you really are disciplined, and I believe uh, discipline is the bridge between who you are today and where you want to be and who you want to be tomorrow. So if you want to be debt free, you got to sit down and tell yourself, all right, I'm going to be debt free by this date. When you set that date, all right, what will it take me to become debt free by that time? I need to pay off 
$3,000 a month. Okay, cool. I'm, that's $3,000 a month. Okay, what do I need to do to get $3,000 a month? I need to pick up an extra part-time job. Maybe I need to pick up a side hustle. Maybe I need to start my own little small business on the side. Okay, cool, great. Start start speaking that stuff, not, hey, man, it's going to take me a while. Or No. One of my good friends, uh, Chris Hogan, did a, um, a study, the largest study in America. He interviewed over 10,000 plus self-made net worth millionaires, meaning that their net worth is seven figures. Not that they make it seven figures a year, but if they cash in everything today, their net worth is seven plus figures. And one thing that we learned from all of them is that not all of them, but the bulk, a bulk of them, where they were school teachers, school teachers making thirty-five to about sixty thousand dollars a year, they paid off their debt and check this out, paid off their mortgages. So if you really want to be successful, you got to speak what you seek and don't worry about the time frame because the time frame means nothing when you are determined. And what we're seeing, people who followed the plan that I teach, if they really get determined, pick up a side hustle, they're becoming debt-free between twelve and eighteen months. Wow. Wow. 12 to 18 months. I think that anybody should be able to do that in 12 to 18 months. Now, it's kind of like that, what you say, and I think Dave Ramsey might say it as well, um, which is, you know, live like no one else now so you can live like no one else later. Is that right? Absolutely, man. Live like no one else now so you can live and give like no one else, which is why, you know, um, I'll have my mortgage paid off by the end of next year. I'll be 37 by that time. Um, and I'm taking my mortgage payment uh, and I'm taking that payment and giving it straight on top of what I'm already giving my 10%. I'm giving that extra to the church. And specifically, I'm going to be giving that to my church to go towards my youth and my uh, millennial pastor, because I just believe it's best to give than it is to receive. And so that's one reason why I, I just can't wait to pay off my mortgage, because I want to live like no one else. And I want to give like no other 37-year-old out there and who's really, really being a blessing. So that's our whole philosophy. Man, I love it. Now, when you first started, talk to me about what was the first thing that, how did you start to get this shift? Because you said when you first got out of college, um, you had all of this debt, and then you said, hey, I got to change my life. Was there a book? Was there a, a you know, mentor? What was it for you that sparked that epiphany or really took you down the lane of discipline rather than accumulating more debt or just having that weak mindset, as you call it? Man, the society around me and myself. I'm seeing a lot of my friends driving a Range Rover, but still renting. And I'm like, this makes no sense. You're driving an $80,000 to $100,000 car, but you're going home, but you're going home to something that you do not own. I'm seeing, but for you to get there, I guess for you to get there, though, you have had to have heard that somewhere else. because if that becomes your norm and that becomes a society, how do you know any better? You're just saying that it was just a spark in, in your heart? Spark in me, man. When you're sleeping in the back of the car, you don't need nobody else to tell you what's right. But I'm sleeping in the back of my car and I'm washing myself naked in the back of my car and I'm 19 years old, neither size of my family are broke. I'm like, there's something that I'm missing. And when I was literally, when I got out of that situation, I said, I do not want to go back to that car. Then when I stepped back and I started seeing my friends, they having these nice cars, but they're broke. They're driving these dope situation uh, cars, but they're asking me for money with my job. I'm like, wait a minute. You look good on the outside, but then you, you're not good on the inside. You, you have this nice car. You got 22s on the wheels. You got 212s in the back of this car but you can't even afford to go to Red Lobster. You can't even afford to go to McDonald's to get something to eat. 
mm. you're going home with, with your mom and dad. I'm like, there has to be a different way because I'm going to be real and just transparent. When I'm looking at my culture, that's what I see. But then when I go around some of my other friends who were from another culture, I'm like, wait a minute, there's something here that I'm missing. And I'm like, and I started just learning. I just started uh, switching my circle around. And I started seeing one of my neighbors in North Carolina uh, was a, uh, a white guy. And just to be transparent, and man, always wore overalls, you know, always drove a Ford F-150. And he walks in one day because my mom owned a daycare um, and he is doing some things around the house. And I said, man, how much money do you make doing this? He said, man, I do pretty well. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Like how much pretty well? He was like, man, you know, I, 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 have, my own, I have my own company. I was like, man, how many employees do you have? I got 113. Wait a minute. Wait. And then when I looked up the name of his company, this is the same guy who's building bridges for the city. And he doesn't look like wealth. And I'm sitting here saying, that's what I need. I don't want to look like I have a lot, a lot of money. I want to have a lot of money. I don't want to look cool. I want to be cool. I don't want to look like peace. I want to have peace. Then I started just reaching out and just learning from different things. And that's when I found out about Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University and took uh, that curriculum. And it just really shifted my whole mindset. But no, no mentor at that time told me, hey, you need to change. No, it was me. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was mm. sick and tired of waking up and I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do when I wanted to do them. And I said, I got, there's something different. If other people can be wealthy and, and have good money and, and do what they want to do, what am I missing? And I went and found it. And I found it out. And here's the main problem. It was me. It was just my mindset. And when I shifted my mindset, that's when things started happening. I love it. For everybody that's listening right now, you know that's what we always talk about, having a dream and having the right mindset, and that can get you wherever you want to go. So the last thing that I want to ask, though, is you've been very, very candid about earning a college degree debt-free, Yeah. right? And so there's a lot of parents that maybe are listening, or there's even students right now that are either going through uh, college or they're about to go to college. How can they make the best of their experience and either wipe out the, the little debt that they already have or not have to accumulate any more debt? Is there a couple steps to this earning a college degree debt-free? Man, you know, there are a couple of steps. And when I say this, man, people attack me all the time, but who cares? My name is Anthony O'Neill. You don't have to like me. <laughs> but the number one thing is, man, you have, to, you, you have to choose an affordable school. And an affordable school should be the new definition of a dream school. A dream school should be an affordable. And affordable means you graduate from debt-free. A lot of people say it doesn't matter about, you know, how you start. It matters about how, where you finish. And I totally disagree with that. So their philosophy is, oh man, you know, you can start off at a, you know, at a local in-state school, but just transfer over to Harvard, transfer over to Yale, transfer over to these big Ivy League schools. And I totally disagree with it. It's not about where you start or how you start. It is not even about where you finish. It all boils down to how you finish. And that's debt free. So if you really want to avoid uh, student loans, and if you really want to graduate 100% debt free, Choose an affordable school that is within your budget. One of my mentors and good friends, uh, Mark Cuban, says two plus two equals four. It doesn't matter if you start off at a community college and then you go to, uh, to a local in-state school and you graduate debt-free. To me, that just means you're smart. If you're thinking about your financial future, then that just means you're smart. Uh, I, just because you graduate from Harvard and then, you, and then one person graduates from 
a, a local in-state school doesn't necessarily mean that the Harvard graduate is a better candidate for the situation. No, I want to see who can put the work in. That's cool that you graduated from this Ivy League school. But he says, I've hired several people who would just come in with a hard work ethic, discipline, and determination. And so for me, I'm telling young people, do the research, which is number two. Before you go to any school, step back and do the research. Prime example, in the state of North Carolina, uh, there are three colleges and universities. UNC Wilmington is one of them. Not Wilmington, UNC Pembroke is one of them. You can go to that school and get a bachelor's degree for $4,000. $500 a semester, $1,000 a school year. They get a bachelor's degree that's four years, that's $4,000. You can get a business degree from there. You can get that same business degree at UNC Chapel Hill for about $200,000. You do the math there. If you can go to school for $4,000 for four years, get a business degree, you're going to come out 100% debt-free. You're going to be a smart young lady, a smart young man. And if you're willing to put in the work and grind, you can be just as successful and actually get ahead of the game than someone graduated with $200,000 in debt. So if you really want to do this thing, do not let people tell you, oh, you have to go to an Ivy League school uh, to be successful. That's a lot. There's not one research showing that if you graduate from an Ivy League school, you will be better off. Now, there are research showing that if you graduate with a bachelor's degree, you will be a little bit better off. And I, I can definitely support that depending on the career field you go into. Uh, then number two, just do the research, man, and just keep that off of the table. I'd rather see you graduate in six years with no debt and graduate with four years with $100,000 in debt. Got it, man. I love that. And here's the thing that I would say, though, uh, for a lot of people that are listening to this right now, they're saying, OK, I maybe want to still go to Harvard or whatever. But for I know the big conversation is it's not really about what you come out with. It's about the relationships that you build. So for some people that are thinking like, okay, well, I went to UNC Chapel Hill, but not necessarily did I go because I needed to come out with this um, this degree, but I needed to have those types of relationships. What are your thoughts on that? Like, if you're still going, because we know that these people that come out of Harvard, a lot of the times there's connections from Harvard that get you ahead at a faster pace. So would you say that it's still not worth it to go there? Uh, no, it's not two hundred. It's not worth it for me. Let's say, for an example, Casanova, you are uh, a professor who knows some people. I'm not paying two hundred thousand dollars just to be connected to you. I'm not doing it. Now, it's not against Harvard because if you really do the research, Harvard and Yale students actually graduate with less debt than than some of these other colleges and universities. So, I don't have a problem where you go. My whole thing is get it debt. Yale, 78% of their students graduate 100% debt-free, 78%. So I have no problem with these Ivy League schools. My problem is, it is when I hear people tell me I'm going to spend $200,000, $300,000 just so I can be connected to such and such who can help me get over there. No, man, let's, let's, do, the, let's, let's do the math here. You go here and you graduate, let's say, with $250,000. We're seeing that it takes the person, on average, 20 years to pay off their student loans, on average, 20 years. Now, when you really step down and do the research, because I know your, your following is probably more, look more like you and I. Yeah. Uh, 12 years, bro, 12 years after they graduate college, the average African-American owes 113% of their student loan. 113%, meaning that 12 years after they graduate, they haven't paid a dime on their student loan and is racking up all their interest. 
no connection is that worth it. I didn't finish my bachelor's degree, but I'm connected to millionaires and a billionaire. If you're willing to put in the work, the right connections will come. Hmm. I'm connected to a multimillionaire whose net worth is insane because I was willing to put in the work. I was willing to grind. I was willing to be patient. And if you have that kind of discipline and that kind of determination, no college can make you any better than that. Now, don't get me wrong. Let me say this, man, because I, I get a lot of people get on me. Education is important. I'm huge on education. I just believe how we go about getting education, we need to teach our young people totally different. Go to the military. You can get education that way for free. They'll pay for you to go uh, through the GI Bill to any school that you probably would want to go to. Uh, you can start off at a community college. You can go to a particular trade school. You know, you can go to a traditional four-year school. There are so many different routes we can get the education because I do believe every single day we should be learning something. Uh, but we have to get out of telling people, go to this school so you can be connected to more people. And I'll end with this on that subject. Uh, on my uh, podcast that we just did uh, called Borrowed Future, we interviewed a dentist who went to an Ivy League school uh, just so he can open up his own um, uh, practice. He owes $913,000 in student loans. $913,000. Went to an Ivy League school. And he says, I am scared. He said, because the way I'm paying this right now, I will be almost 80 years old when I pay this off. No connection, bro, is worth it. Not one. Not one. There you have it. I love it, man. Uh, again, I love it. I, I can't argue with that one. Um, I am a relationship builder. I think just like you said, though, you need the education. It's all about how you go about it. And I think that's a lot of things in life. You know, how do you grind? Um, is your particular field one that you need to go to a college and you maybe or at least a four year university? Maybe you can go to a two year or community college and still get it at a cheaper way and not have to rack up all of that debt. But, man, I love this. It's been a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, episode. Let me ask for somebody out there. They're listening to this. They're inspired. They want to get out of debt. They want to be able to start their journey of entrepreneurship. Um, but they have this little voice in their head that's maybe telling them that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources to be able to do what you've done and, and maybe what anybody just like you has done. What is one thing that you say to that person to get them to just take action? Man, I, I think that is what you just said. You have to take action and uh, stop saying what you can't. Stop, start saying what you can. Uh, you know, when I look at myself, man, I don't have a bachelor's degree. I got kicked out of college. Um, and I make more money than people with doctor degrees. And here's why. It's because I, I had a vision. I stuck to my vision. Um, I built and, and I'm still developing quality relationships, uh, strong people who can help open doors for me. Uh, they can only open those doors. So my character, my integrity, uh, and my hard work ethic keeps me in the doors. Um, and then start speaking what you seek. I cannot say that enough. Speak what you seek and believe what you speak. If you believe what you speak and you speak what you seek, you'll see what you were speaking. And so I believe you just, you just got to put in hard work. You know, one of my good friends here in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, his name is Sean, but he goes by Big Shake. He went on Shark Tank with, you know, with Mark Cuban and with uh, Damon and they didn't believe in his shrimp burger. Today, the man is a millionaire uh, and has several companies because 
He didn't let someone else tell him no. He didn't have the resources. He didn't have the, the financial uh, resources to start it. Uh, but so he started just working hard. And now today, the man has several restaurants around Nashville, opening up restaurants in, um, in Alabama. And on record, Mark Cuban has says several times, this is one guy who I regret investing into. Why? Because when he was told no, Sean still went out there and put in the work. He spoke what he, what, what, what he was seeking. And you got to do the same thing. When you have a vision, don't let nobody's no be your no. Let that be your encouragement to keep going. But you can't do nothing if you just sit at home and complain about what you can't do. Get out there and do what you can do and keep going. And then when something hits, be ready to run. There you have it. Well, my man, it's been a phenomenal episode, as I've already said, and we're just blessed to have you come on, share your wisdom, share your insight and your perspective, and we wish you nothing but the best in the future, my man. We look forward to maybe having you on again, and then also watching you grow and prosper and and be able to teach your secrets to more people. Oh, man, I appreciate you for the opportunity, bro. We got to do this again, because I would love to hear your your aspect on, uh, you know, different things we may not disagree on. I'm not your aspect, but your perspective. I love those kind of conversations. It makes for good good podcasts and good radio, man. <laughs> Absolutely. It does, man. So, yeah, we'll definitely have it on again. And, yeah, remember Dream Nation and the dream we trust. But just as he said, you must take action or otherwise it will only merely be a fantasy. We'll see you on the next one. That's the episode for today. Let me know if you got any value out of this, if you liked anything about it. Reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter, any of the social media networks. And, of course, leave me a review, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you're hearing this at. I would love to have a review to show, you know, what you're getting out of this. Is there anything that I could do better? Is there any way that I can add more value to you? So hopefully you all take some action today. That's my show. I love you all. Be great, but remember we must take action.